We have our encounter with God section right now with um, our study from the book of Galatians. And we are in Galatians chapter 3. Mon, could you turn to us to Galatians chapter 3? And we're going to read together uh, chapter verse 19. Can you read for us verse 19, please? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 19 says... Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. There you go. Okay, so with the question that we've been dealing with over the last couple of days is whether or not the law is done away with or not. And of course, there is a section here, you know, that sort of, leans that direction that, you know, maybe the law was only given until the time of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's two key words that we need to... Well, first of all, we need to look at whether the law is still there or not. And do you, know what, do you want to know an easy way of finding out whether the law is still there or not? How? Uh, turn to your right. I'm looking outside, a beautiful March day. Describe to me what you see. I see a magpie, a bunch of trees. I see a building... I see a poster on the wall of the Red Sea being parted, ready for crossing. Uh, I see a door. I see a bowl of lollies. Ooh. Okay, so you can see a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. You can, see a whole bunch of of stuff. you can see a bowl of lollies outside. Yeah, well, I mean, they're sitting inside the office. I put them over there out of <laughs> my own reach. It was not <laughs> supposed to be on the inside. I said the outside. Oh, You're the being, outside. You, you are getting distracted. I, I, sorry, lollies always distract me. I can see sunlight, actually. There's a lot of beautiful sunlight coming through. It's like the end of March, summer sunlight. Ah, it's just a beautiful day mm. out there. Okay, now I want you to read a passage from the Bible for me. Okay. And I want you to read for me Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17 and 18 and tell me why it is that that window over there tells you that the law is still in place. Okay, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Do not misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Okay, so Mon, look out the window and tell me this. Is the earth still there? It certainly looks like it to me. Is the atmospheric heaven still there? Definitely. Okay, so all you need to have to find out whether the law is still in place or not is a window. And I look outside. And if you can still see the earth there, and if you can still see the atmosphere there... The law is still there. Jesus, the Bible says, he did not come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. And the word fulfilled simply means to keep. How exciting. So Jesus came as our example, didn't he? He certainly did. Yes. And as our example, of course, he was a law keeper. And if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, we should be law keepers too. Okay, so moving on from there, we need to look at this word until. And I'm going to read uh, because, you know, the law was here until the coming of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what it says right there in Galatians. And let's consider the word until. And I'm going to hit you with this verse. I want you to think about this verse for a second. This is from Revelation 2 and verse 25. The Bible says, Jesus says, Only hold fast what you have until I come. Okay. So does that then mean that once Jesus comes, we don't need to be faithful anymore? I, I, I want to say no, because that just doesn't sound right. Okay. 
the word until here indicates a change. So the way that we hold fast to God now is going to be very different from the way that we hold fast to God after he comes. Isn't that so? Mm-hmm. And so the word until doesn't mean that we stop holding fast. It simply means that it changes the way in which we do hold fast. Mm-hmm. It changes the circumstances. And, of course, when Jesus came, it changed the circumstances in relationship to how we keep the law. Because now we can see that we keep the law through the power of grace, whereas under the old, or I should say, not between, not when Jesus came so much as between the old and the new covenants. The old covenant was all about keeping the law through your own power and your own strength. And, of course, that was impossible, and that's why the Bible says it was faulty and weak. Whereas the new covenant that was established by Jesus Christ is all about keeping the law through grace and being forgiven of our sins through grace and living under grace. And so there's a change in circumstances. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's the first point. The second point is this. Do you need a law when you are keeping the law? Well, what else would you keep if you weren't keeping the law, right? Yes, but the law is not talking to you when you are keeping it. The law only speaks to you when you break it. Because that's when the law condemns you. I still think you need a law to keep if you're keeping a law. Oh, absolutely, no question. You can't, you can't keep anything. You can't. If there's no law, you can't. What are you going to do? I mean, you can accidentally keep a law that you weren't aware of. Yeah, no, we're not talking about that. Okay, we're not talking about that. Okay, and so when Jesus comes and Jesus shows us grace and shows us how to live by grace and shows us how His grace forgives us, forgives us of our sins and brings us out from under the condemnation of the law, the law has does not have the same relevance when you are under grace as when you are under law. So if you're driving down the road and you're speeding and the policeman pulls you over, you are under the law. You have been condemned by the law and the law is speaking to you very, very loudly and very, very clearly. And that's why your heart is thumping in your chest and Mm -hmm. you're thinking, oh, no, I'm going to lose points and get a fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if the police officer then gives you grace and you're forgiven of that, then the law doesn't have that same. It doesn't speak to you in the same way. There is a change of circumstances in relationship to the law, isn't there? Absolutely. But the law hasn't changed. That's correct. And while ever the earth is still there and while ever the atmosphere is still there, the law won't change. It won't go away. But the circumstances change when we come under grace. Okay, so here's a question. Let me hit you with with this question. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought to yourself, if only the Lord did this for me or that or the other? Let me give you an example. If only the Lord came to me and said, this house right here, I want you to live in that one. And you're going to live in that one. And then you wouldn't have to fill out applications on any other houses. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It would be kind of... Have you, ever, have you ever wished that God would do that? Just sort of like yeah, I call, write it in letters of fire across yeah. the sky. I call that lightning bolt God. We're just like, oh God, just send me a lightning bolt to strike this or strike that. And that'll be the sign that that's the one I have to go with. Or that's what you want me to do. No, yeah. you don't want a lightning bolt to strike the house that you're going I mean, to live in. <laughs> but like, you know, basically like writing it in the sky. That's the decision. And that's the path you want me to take. And I think uh, it's almost human nature for us to want that to happen because it kind of takes... I mean, it makes it easy for us. It takes the brain work out of it. It means you don't have to think. You know, Christians hate thinking. It's so true. We we kind of want to just eject our brains and just just hand us the rules, tell us what to do so we don't have to like think about it. Yeah. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, we really need to work on as Christians is that, you know, and and I think it's a thing of human nature. We're lazy. Mm, Exactly. We don't like to think. It's like, yeah, God, just write it down in black and white, then we don't have to think about it, um, and we can just follow along with everything that you've told us to do here. There's no brain power involved. Here is the list, so long as I tick, tick, 
tick, tick, tick all the different boxes, then I'm good to go. Whereas we don't serve that kind of God. Mm. He created us with a brain. He wants us to use that brain in our service and in our worship to Him. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so God has given us a brain and he's And I just want to say, I think, you know, I do have a bit of a bee in the bonnet about this whole, you know, non-thinking Christians. The reason that God wants us to to engage our brains and to think about, you know, and to, and to pray and to study about is because he wants to engage us in a relationship. Oh, absolutely. You yeah, can't, that's yeah, the that's bottom right. line. He's not doing it because he wants yet. us to make it difficult for us. Mm-hmm. He wants to engage in a relationship. With, you know, he wants us to come to him and to ask him and he wants to guide us and lead us and show us stuff in the Bible. That's why he doesn't want to just do like lightning bolts from the sky and be like, poof, there's your answer. Poof, there's your answer. You know, he wants us to, to engage and, and, and be involved and get in deep with him. Yeah, so what kind of a relationship would you have if you met a, uh, a gentleman sometime and you're like, hey, I'm going to have a relationship with this gentleman and uh, this particular individual here came to you and he just handed you a list. Yeah. I just want you to do this on the list. Tick, 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 tick. Tick all these boxes on the list. Mm-hmm. Do all of these things right here and life will be fine. Life will be happy. Um, what kind of a relationship would you have? It would not be a relationship. Like no communication necessary. Here's the list. Just do this. Like what is that? That's there is a parable about a lady who married a man like that. Really? Yes. She fell in love with this man, had a whirlwind romance, and three weeks later she married him. That wasn't in Australia. It takes four weeks here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's a parable, and uh, and she was super excited. On the first morning of their honeymoon, he hands her a list. Oh, my. And it's like, okay, this is how I want my coffee made. This is how my shirt's ironed. This is how I want my, my food made. You know, it's all down through all the All these list. chores, yeah. And so she didn't have to think. Mm-hmm. All she had to do was tick the boxes on the list. And that marriage was horrible because there was no love in it. Mm. None whatsoever at all. And she had a terrible, terrible time. And then one day, by the grace of God, he died. This is getting happier. <laughs> <laughs> this is a parable, right? It's okay, a parable. yes. Okay, yeah. Okay, so he died. Mm-hmm. And some years later, um, <clears throat> she met another man. Took a little bit longer this time. Just going to make sure and not stuff it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she takes a little bit longer this time. And uh, she gets it. Yeah. Yep, this is this is good. And so she marries him. And they have the most wonderful life together, you know, decades pass, they're just having this blissful relationship. They love each other so much. And one day she is up in her attic cleaning out old boxes of stuff. And in the bottom of a box she found the old list. From, so her she, first from her husband. first husband. Mm. And she sort of had a bit of a giggle to herself, like, oh, wow, I can't believe I found this. What a terrible time that was. Let me read through some of the things that uh, are on this list. And she starts to work her way through the list. And she reads the first thing on the list. And she's like, well, actually, I do that with my new husband. Uh, but that's okay because I love him. And then uh, she reads the second thing on the, on the list. And she's like, well, actually, I do that too. And then she reads the third thing on the list. And she's like, I do that too. And she started to work her way down through the list. And she suddenly realized she was doing everything on the list. But just was out of love and it didn't even occur to her. The difference between the two lists was the presence of love. Oh, that's an amazing story. And because she was using her own brain and making her own decisions and choosing to do Mm. all of these things out of love, Mm -hmm. it was an amazing relationship. And when you moved love out of that relationship and it was legalism, it was a horrific relationship. Mm. 
So it was the presence that they were engaging in a relationship with each other. Yeah. And the first one was just like a bunch of checklists and it was an empty yeah. relationship. Okay, this so is how, how God you, must feel. How do you look at the Ten Commandments? Is it a checklist? Mm. Or do you love God? Mm-hmm. You know, some people, this is why so many people hate the Ten Commandments, is because they don't know God. They don't have a relationship. They don't have a connection with God. If you know God, then the Ten Commandments are going to be the natural outworking of your relationship to God. Mm. You're going to keep those, those laws because you love God. Take love out of the relationship and suddenly they are a burden and you'll be looking for any excuse you can to get rid of them. Or you'll be white knuckling it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not going to get you very far whatsoever at all. Okay. So we have this, uh, this question that we're looking at. Um, you know, have you ever thought, well, if only God would write it for me in letters of fire across the sky, you know, this lightning bolt God. I'm sure a lot of single people have, have really hoped that God would send a lightning bolt and point out their future spouse and be like, this is the one you have to marry. <laughs> <laughs> no thinking required. Yeah, just jump down the aisle and off you go. <laughs> okay, so bring it back to this story then. Because um, what you've got here is a situation where there was a time when God did write things as it were in letters of fire across the sky. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. At Mount Sinai, think about it. He spoke it audibly with power and great glory and lightning bolts. Wow. The Ten Commandments. Okay. Right there. And they... So that makes it simple, right? Uh Uh-huh. Makes it easy. Well... (laughs) You know, we we always ask. Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish God would do this for us. You know, just, 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 you know, do this amazing thing, so I know exactly what I have to do, and I don't have to think. And so, guys, like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But we still stuff it up. <laughs> and how long was it before they were dancing around a golden calf? Before Moses even got off the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so this not is only why was Moses, Moses the first person to download from the cloud onto a tablet, but oh. that tablet then crashed <laughs> very, very shortly Ba-dum-ts. thereafter. <laughs> this is just further evidence that God doesn't always give us what we want. He knows that he should give us what we need. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to uh, continue on here and talk about, well, let's go over to Colossians chapter 2. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to read for us verse 6 there, please. Colossians 2 verse 6, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Okay, it's a very simple verse, isn't it? Very simple. And the Bible here is, if you want it written down simply, then you can't get anything much more simple than that. As you have received Jesus Christ, what do we do? We continue to follow him. It's not a one-off thing, is it? It's not just a one-off experience. No, it's a lifelong relationship. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And this is what this whole concept of the law is all about. It's about a relationship with God. Without um, without a relationship with God, the whole law of God experience becomes completely meaningless. Would you say that almost everything in the Bible that God does is geared um, for Him to basically set up a relationship with us? Here's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Our face-to-face connection with God, our relationship with God was lost because Mm -hmm. sin and God are two things that are mutually exclusive. And the Bible talks how God used to come down to the Garden of Eden and have a conversation with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening. They'd sit around and they'd chat and they'd have just a nice time together. Oh, amazing. And we don't have that anymore. No. It's been lost because of sin. And the whole plan of salvation, everything that Jesus has done, everything that the Bible writes about is focused on restoring that broken connection. 
That's what redemption, that's the whole theme of redemption right there. It's a pursuit, God pursuing us for a relationship with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's pursuing us hard. It's very humbling if you think about it like that, how much God loves you, that the entire plan of salvation is God pursuing us. Yeah. Pursuing us like a gentleman, though. He's not going to force us. That's right. Um, we're going to take a quick song break, and then we're going to come back with our third section of Encounter with God. So now we have Jaden Lavick, Amazing Grace. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amazing Grace here on Faith FM and we have been talking about the book of Galatians. Before we get back into it, Monica, tell me, 
Another clue? Another clue. Why not? Okay. The quiz today is a what am I? The first clue was I was used by Obadiah as a place to hide profits. Mm-hmm. Abraham bought one of these from Ephron for 40 shekels of silver. Mm-hmm. Lot and his two daughters called this home after leaving Sodom. Our fourth clue is Saul used this as a bathroom, unaware that David and his men were close by. They were actually inside it. Yeah, they were inside it, and Saul was using it as a loo. So if you think you know the answer... We had no idea they were inside. It was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? That would it? be super embarrassing. <laughs> 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can text us on 0491-064-669, or even just jump on our Facebook and message us on there, Faith FM Australia, and uh, we will send you the prize which today is called To Build a Life. It is a book by Luke Hyman. It's all about his story from chasing money and success to realizing that God had another plan slightly more important for him. Absolutely. And of course, we want to know what you're grateful for this morning. We've been talking about gratefulness the last mm, couple of mornings. Gratitude's important. What is it that you are grateful for? Call us, text us or message us and we would like to hear from you. Maybe we should ask our producers what they're grateful for. Yeah, I mean, this is Positively Different Radio. We want to have stories of gratitude. What are you guys all grateful for? I want you to think about it. We're going to come back to that in the next song. Okay, so, and also, oh, Facebook. Oh, Facebook? Yes. What about Facebook? On our Facebook page. Oh, our Facebook is looking so good right now. It's so bright and colourful and just looking scrumptious, really. Yeah, it's making me hungry just considering it. <laughs> so okay, so jump on our Facebook page and have a look. Uh, we've got uh, some photos there from our Claire's yeah. Picket Fence. Organics. Organics. With her microgreens, organic microgreens. Just looks so luscious on there. It's pink. With 40 times more nutrients than the adult plants mm-hmm. with some of them. That's mm-hmm. just a Astounding. And we'll also have information up there on where you can get hold of some of those micronutrients into your own system. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so go there and check that out. But uh, we need to get back to the book of Galatians. And let's go to Romans this time. Romans chapter 8. And Monica, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you to read for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. Romans chapter 8, verse 3 and 4 says, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the Lord could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Okay, so let's work our way down through this passage and uh, break it down for a moment. The Bible says, for what the law couldn't do in that it was weak through the flesh. Okay, what is it the law can't do for you? It can't save you. It can't save you. Why can't it save you? It's not God. That's right. And do you have the power to keep the law? No, I'm pretty weak. (laughs) We've talked about this many, many times. We don't have the power to keep that. So all the law then does is it actually condemns us. That's true. So you could say, you could look at the law this way. There's two ways of looking at the law. You could say the only thing the law does is condemn us and tell us we are eternally lost. Mm -hmm. You could look at the law another way and say that the only thing that the law does is show us our condition and our need of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a positive spin and a negative Mm. spin, but it's really both the same thing either which way you look at it. The law does nothing other than condemn us. In so doing, it points us to Jesus Christ. That's why Paul says it's our school teacher to point us to Christ. 
Okay, so it was weak through the flesh. It couldn't save us. Then it continues on. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. How did your translation put that one? Uh, Which verse was this, sorry? Verse 3. Verse 3. It says, The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Okay, so the problem was not with the law, was it? No, it was the weakness of our nature. Yeah. Okay. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Okay, so how, what was it about Jesus coming as a human being that condemned sin and that made it possible for us to live a righteous life? Well, I mean, he, he was sacrificed. He died to pay the price, really, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was crucified on the cross. Yeah, and he was the one who made the law, obviously, so he paid the penalty for the sins mm-hmm. that we'd committed. And he lived a sinless life, so yeah. he didn't actually deserve to die at all. No, and, and in doing so, he set us an example, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Showed us how it was done. Mm-hmm. How did Jesus live a sinless life? He stayed connected to Christ. I mean, to God. Yeah. God's Christ, my bad. <laughs> he stayed connected to his Father, so then... How do we live a righteous life? Staying connected to God. That's right. So Jesus has set us the example right here of how to live a righteous life. And therefore, as the Bible says, he's condemned sin. Um, In verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who'd walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. What's the difference here between walking after the flesh and walking after the spirit? Well, one would be, I mean, walking after the flesh would just be doing your own thing, Mm -hmm. right? And then walking after the spirit would be keeping your your mind and your focus on spiritual matters. So you know, on Jesus, on God, yeah. on living. You got two life. natures here, really. Mm, yeah. The Bible says that we be that we become partakers of the divine nature. Mm-hmm. It's a very different nature to the kind of nature we have, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Divine nature is God's nature. It's powerful. Uh, human nature is weak. And the Bible says that we become partakers of God's divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so the flesh is a term that refers to human nature, and uh, the spirit is a term that refers to uh, the divine nature. Because I guess if you're not in any way focused on the afterlife or your spirituality, all you have is this fleshy life. That's all you got. That's it. We're going to have a quick song break. Malvinas, pass me not, O gentle saviour. And we'll be right back with Family Matters. you 
The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You're here with Darren Pratt and we're discussing family matters. And today we're discussing children and technology. 
You know, media and technology is a powerful force in a child's life today. We're surrounded by a tech gadget world, um, iPads and iPhones and iPods and iMacs and, and all of these gadgets. And children tend to naturally be drawn to a tablet or a phone or a computer and want to play on it. And they seem to know what to do. If you want to fix your computer, they say, or your iPhone, ask a 12-year-old and they will fix it for you. Our children are indeed digital natives. Our children, though, today spend more time with media than in any other activity besides sleeping. An average of seven hours a day seven days a week. Now that is huge. Media offers a constant stream of messages about families, peers, relationships, gender, roles, sex, violence, food, values, clothes, much more. So how do we as parents and churches negotiate this minefield and help our children grow up in a society where we provide um, balance, variety, and moderation. I guess um, sometimes we as a family can be connected in all sorts of ways to um, our gadgets and to the World Wide Web, but we're more disconnected than ever before. William Powers wrote a book called Hamlet's Blackberry. It's a little bit older now, but it's still on our shelves, a bestseller, in fact. And what he did was they found a way to, every weekend, they'll put their mobile phones, etc., into a box. As the family came in the door, they all unloaded their gadgets into a box and locked it for the weekend. How's that? That's a challenge. What they found was that as they disconnected their devices for their weekend Sabbath, the family connected like never before. Yes, he said the first few weeks they grouched and they fought and and they wondered what to do and they were bored and it was a bit like withdrawal symptoms coming out of that tech gadget world. But he said after a few weeks, suddenly they discovered that neighbours existed on either side of the fence and they began to talk to them. And that the backyard indeed existed and children began to get, get lost in the backyard and gardening and, and climbing trees and, and doing playing games in the backyard using their imaginations. They also found that, that children um, began to detox, if you like, and became more easier to get along with. Now, I want that as a dad, just by um, disconnecting from their tech gadgets for a short time. And that parents' marriages flourished when they found time to disconnect. It says Monday morning, they would um, plug in again and the messages were there and the emails were there and the people were still there, but the family grew closer than ever before by finding time to disconnect, to connect. So mum, dad, what sort of a family media agreement are you putting in place? Remember, you are the mum. You are the dad. You often pay the bills for these gadgets. So you guys can help set the boundaries 
and the limits. Create variety, balance and moderation. You're listening to Family Matters on Faith FM with Darren Pratt. Listening to Canaan Bound here on Faith FM. 
And we have a question of the day that has come in. It was a really cool question. Before we get to that, we have a quiz. And we all should also mention that was a great section that we just had there with... Yeah, um, Darren Pratt. I'm loving the, the kids and technology because yeah. it's such a big issue these days. Huge issue. Yeah, massive one. Okay, so what am I? I was used by Obadiah as a place to hide profits. Abraham bought one of these from Ephron for 400 shekels of silver. Lot and his two daughters called this home after leaving Sodom. Saul used this as a bathroom, unaware that David and his men were close by. Lazarus used one of these as a tomb before his being raised from the dead by Jesus. Well, there you go. Mm, if you think you know the what answer, is this? 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us on 0491-064-669 or even just jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, and we will send you a free copy of the prize, which is To Build a Life, a book by Luke B. Hyman. And of course, we want to know what you are grateful for this morning, so let us know about that as well. Okay, so here is our question of the day, and our question of the day is, what is young earth creationism and old earth creationism? What your answer to that one, Mon? My answer is I have literally never heard of either of those. Okay, so let me share with you the answer to young earth creationism <clears throat> and old earth creationism. Essentially, the difference between the two is two different ways at looking at who God is. Okay. So one way looks at God as a God of life, and the other way looks at God being a God of death. A god of death. A god of death. Okay, that sounds like some sort of villain. Yes, young earth creationism says that God, being a god of life, spoke our world into existence in six days, around about 6,000 years ago, thereabouts. Okay. (coughs) Excuse me. Having spoken our world into existence, death then came as a result of sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, because sin obviously is a, is a disease and infection in the universe and so it was God's motivation to get rid of sin and therefore unfortunately that involves getting rid of sinners mm-hmm. and so that's why he died so that he doesn't have to get rid of sinners. Mm-hmm. Okay, so God is a God of life with young earth creationism. Old earth creationism teaches that God created the earth maybe many millions or billions of years ago and A little bit like an embryo. So an embryo has all the DNA written into it so that it can then grow and reproduce and become who you are today. Mm -hmm. And he sat back and let it happen through the process of evolution. Now, evolution creates through death. Death is the means of creation for evolution. And so survival of the fittest, the weaker ones have to die off Mm -hmm. for a species to be created. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So if God created through what's called theistic evolution or an old earth creationistic model. Okay. So this is uh, an evolutionary view that involves God, then God is a God of death and his means of creation is death. Which simply cannot be true. No, well, I don't want to serve a God like that. If that's yeah, what God's like, not. I don't want to have anything to do with him. Yeah, no. He'd be a god that condoned cheating like the cricketers did. Yeah, exactly. There'd be well, that's the most, you know, completely immoral mm. kind of god that you could imagine, a god of death, you know. It's like, yeah, I, I love suffering. I love pain because it's pain and suffering that creates things. So God would have invented this way of creating things. He would have invented pain so that he could create things. It just doesn't sound right. No, it's not right. Can't it's not what the Bible be. teaches, and I'm glad it's not what the Bible teaches. We teach a God of life and God of creation, and I'm very happy. I'm grateful for that. We're now going to have a quick song break. Melissa Otto, Not Far Away. I'm not alone, you are near. The night 
sky it might be falling but your light is here it's constant it will never fade always warming and guiding my way and heaven's not so far away it's peace and it's joy on this journey Melissa Rosso, Otto, not so far away. We have come to that time of the day where we give something away, whether you have answered the quiz or not. Mm, yes. This so is this our is, extra prize. This is our free giveaway. You don't need to do anything for this one. You don't need to answer any questions. I mean, you do have to contact us for it. And That's I'm right. just sending a picture of it to uh, our producers. They can put it up on Facebook so you can have a look at it. We are giving away a Mal Venus CD album. Ah, but it was a yes. while since we gave away some music. So this is the Marvelous album by Mal Venus. We play her music quite frequently on yeah, this show. Yeah, local girl here. Um, her and her husband pastor the Raymond Terrace Church. And, uh, yeah, just if you want to hear Malvinus singing live for real, then uh, head along there to the uh, Raymond Terrace Church and uh, you will enjoy it. Her music is just amazing and it's a fantastic little church that they've got happening over there as well. And you'll enjoy this album. It's called Marvelous. Like I said, it has 10 tracks on it. Beautiful music. So if you enjoy the music on this show, you will enjoy this CD. Just be the first person to call through on 1-800-FAITH-FM or text 0491 or even just... Just use our Facebook. Just send us your details and we will send it to you. I like that. Hmm. You said Facebook. Well, maybe it should be Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Of course, we always love your company in the morning. We love you guys so much and we enjoy it when you join us for the breakfast show. 
We um, hope you have a wonderful Easter, by the way, a long weekend. But yes. I will be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news without Lyle. I'll have another fake Lyle in to help me out. No, you won't have a fake Lyle. You've got Christopher Peterson coming back, That's I a think. fake Lyle. Anyone who's no, not no, you is a fake he's, Lyle. He's, he's been on here. He's, he's, <laughs> he's fantastic. He's awesome. You'll be glad I'm gone. And be like, man, don't you bring that guy back again. Whatever. Well, we look forward to, to sharing the show with you again tomorrow for the Easter long weekend. And, of course, if you would like to know more about the Bible, then don't forget to give us a call because we love to connect people with ways and means of studying the Bible for themselves. If you'd like to know how to do that, give us a call. This is Scripture Lullabies.
God my Father There is no shadow Of turning with Thee Thou changest not Thy compassions They fail not As Thou hast been Thou forever will be Thy faith.